Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Metroscope, an Intercom Radio Portland public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. The Union Gospel Mission helps out homeless people in our community year-round. But they have a very special and big event coming up on the last Saturday of this month. And here to talk about it is Bill Russell. Bill is the executive director of the Union Gospel Mission. Hey there, Bill. How's it going? It's going great. Yeah? Yeah, I mean... It's not going great for people on the streets, but more people are helping them, and we keep, I think we keep getting better at what we're doing. So over time, this is going to pay off big. You know, I wanted to ask you that, too. You know, it seems like we've been in this homeless crisis, and it's not, I don't mean to put it in quotes because it really is a crisis, but we've been in this yeah. homeless crisis for, for quite a while now. Yeah, there are a flood of people who cannot navigate the curtain current housing economy and a lot more people i think through addiction and mental illness who can't navigate life the big fire hose is the housing market but there are other fire hoses that just keep adding more and more people into the volume of homelessness so while more people are getting help and more people are getting off each year it doesn't seem like it to the public because the number of homeless in our eyes and in our neighborhood swells and so, you know, the point in time count showed that uh, 22% increase in unsheltered homelessness. And that's what we see. We really don't see, most of the public doesn't see the people who are in a program that's going to launch them back toward a, a really happy life, a productive life, and, you know, as citizens, a, a connected life. But uh, we see the people who are unsheltered. And so, you know, those are the people that we're doing more and more to reach and, and find ways to help them navigate, not just care for them and enable them in homelessness, but to get past enablement. Enablement is, is doing something for someone that they can do for themselves. Care is, is doing something they can't do for themselves with the process of allowing them to do things for themselves with us and so yeah we want to do with not do for and tell me how the how the gospel mission does that well we visit homeless camps and get to know people we provide a modicum of care we don't bring a big cargo van out and take care of all their needs but we bring in life essentials to connect with people and show genuine care for them and, and build trust once there's trust we can connect them to services and pathways that get them out of homelessness so the other night um, i was at a graduation service and a woman's been in about a half year out of a homeless camp we got to know her by providing basic care for maybe a peanut butter sandwich or maybe new socks or something like that and over time built trust and we we talked her out of the homeless camp even though that's the only community she really knew or trusted and you have to build trust to get them to trust healthier people, if, if I can say that. And she came in, she's gotten help, she's reconnected to her family. She's going through a process of getting ready to join the rest of us in responsible living, to be able to, to handle the anxieties and pressures without blowing up, and to really be productive. And 
she's doing great. But it's that process, one person at a time, connecting to them in a bad situation and coaching them to a good situation. So we think care, connect, coach over and over and over again. And, you know, hopefully in the next decade, we can move 1,500 women and kids out of homelessness. We could do 500 men out of homelessness. You know, it's just a, it's just an ongoing process. Are you seeing that the people that are, are homeless in the Portland area, are they originally from this area? Or are they coming from somewhere else or do we know? Yes, yeah, we do. We have, we have metrics on it. The new point in time count, by the way, is it's been uh, uh, kind of processed by Portland State University. If you go to the Multnomah County, and I'm, just, I'm not talking about Clackamas County, and I know some of our listeners are in Washington County, and we've got a women and children's center out there or up in Clark County. But the big dog in terms of numbers is Multnomah County, and they just issued their point in time count. You can actually get on a link on your internet and, and go into any of the, of the data you want. Some of the data they connect, collect are where people are from. And there are a percentage of people who come here for services. There's still a larger percentage of people who came here for other reasons or are from here. And so we track that with our program residents. But yeah, I mean, I just talked to a guy who came from the Midwest specifically to come here and get help. Um, and, you know, there's some swapping around that, that happens. Uh, I know in a few, you know, a couple months as the weather turns colder and wetter, some of the people who are camped out here in Portland are going to head south to San Diego or L.A. And so, you know, maybe some citizens like it when they head south and don't like it when they head back in June. But that's just part of the reality of having the freedom to travel in this country. We're talking today with Bill Russell, Executive Director of the Union Gospel Mission. Now, the, the mission has been uh, in place for quite a few years. Tell me some of the history. Yeah, we were founded in 1927, so we're, you know, 92 years old. And, you know, it was right before the Great Depression. Uh, Forty churches in Portland decided to put together a unique and remarkable kind of church in Old Town down at 3rd and Burnside. And we've been knocking around here, you know, since right before the Depression. We survived the Depression. And, uh, you know, for a lot of those years, Gary, this was the place in town that had the lion's share of homelessness. I came here 30 years ago in 1989, and this was it. This was the high watermark of homelessness and probably vice, drug and alcoholic activity in Portland. And so a number of us service providers located in this neighborhood. Well, things have changed. Uh, drugs have have been a higher percentage of the problem. Mental illness is a huge part of the problem. When I came here, we had a more intact, institutionalized mental health system. That's been blown up. It was supposed to be replaced with community mental health that really never got funded. And so we've got a huge number of people on the streets who are suffering uh, with various stages of mental illness. So it, it's more complicated. And then again, with the housing crisis, it's like the, the homeless problem has gone all over the place. And a lot of our routes take us out to southeast Portland, where the lion's share of homeless camps are. So now only 22% of Portland's homeless are in the downtown core. Wow, that's interesting. So it's, it's yeah, kind of spread... Yeah, so we were down here, and you know, for about half the time I've been here, 15 years, we could just kind of hunker down and all the people that come to us. Now we have to get out and really bring solutions to all the neighborhoods in the metro area. And how is the Gospel Mission undertaking that task? 
Well, we have search and rescue. We go out five nights a week and then follow it up the next five following five days with services that seek to connect to people in those uh, situations throughout the metro area. We want to build that program, obviously. We're really focused on the southeast right now because that's most of the unreached homeless camps. Tell me about some of the services that the Gospel Mission provides. Well, we we do homeless services. A lot of people think of us that way. We also have two recovery centers, one downtown for men. It's called Life Change. And it's a long-term, very effective recovery program. And then out, and people live here, they work here, they get all the training here, and then they transition out into productive living. Out in Washington County, we have a women and children's center, and we're hoping to build one. In fact, we've just purchased uh, land where we can build a new center that'll uh, host uh, 80 women and children at a time. So, I mean, we're really excited about that because the ripple effects about bringing in a young person who's living with mom in a car or is in a dangerous homeless situation, bringing them in and giving them the the recovery tools they need, the therapy, the trauma recovery, and the training, those kids just do great. And so I think the best thing I've done in 30 years is watch two kids come in, and, and it's a growing number now, who really find good lives and watching them go through high school and really live a great life when – when we first met them, they were in a horrible situation. That's a great thing. So we do recovery programs for women and children along with men. And then we have, you know, we have large events that give people an opportunity to come down and safely connect to the homeless. When with our upcoming Operation Overcoat last Saturday in September, people come from all over to that event, both to volunteer at the event and both to get help at the event. So that's kind of a regional event. Well, let's talk about Operation Overcoat. You guys have been doing that one for years, right? Yeah, we started it in 2000. We block off the street. Uh, we block off 3rd Avenue and Cooch. Um, right you know, right at, from 3rd to 4th, Cooch is shut down. And from Cooch to Burnside, 3rd Avenue is shut down. We set up a big street fair. And we're able to impact somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 people a year who come for really needed items such as boots or coats. We, we designed it. Actually, Ron Post, who was the founder of Medical Teams International, thought of this back in, in 1999, and we were able to bring it to market in the year 2000, where people on the verge of going into the wet and cold season can come and get the help they need before they're in misery. And it's worked out really good. We have a large barbecue. We have music. It's it's really a street fair, but it's built around the needs of people, particularly in the uh, as the weather starts to turn cold. So, uh, tell me about some of the, the things that people can can get when they come to uh, Operation Overcoat. Well, they get a they get a really delicious barbecue lunch, and then they they are also able. There's a whole separate. A boot giveaway. It's a separate line. It is so popular. We've been helped by the boot companies in the area. And people can come in and get quality boots. Then in a second area, they can get coats, pants. Uh, we have some sleeping bags to give away, but we're a little resident to give those away because they can get resold or, or abused. But there's, there's really good clothing that people can get. And they get a, a ticket book, so they can't come in and hoard and load up. But you'll get so many pants and, some, and a coat and a boots and then socks and other items out of that coupon book that really give them a, a good, new, uh, needed fall and winter wardrobe. 
Where do all these items come from? They come from donors. Yeah. Uh, we need, we still need sleeping bags, men's boots, coats, pants. Those are the, the major items we need. And we'll have volunteers here all of the last week of September to kind of hang those and get them ready to go out on the racks into the tents that are on the street. Are you looking for only new items? No, I mean, new or gently used items. Um, you know, with underwear, it's pretty much new. Uh, we've gotten a huge help from Bomba socks, and, and we have a lot of socks. We could always use more socks. Those are very popular. And then we also need people. We need volunteers. We're, uh, we're getting close. We use about, uh, we give about 400 people the opportunity to be useful and to really help homeless people. And we have about 200 of those 400 signed up. We still need another 200 volunteers um, for the event. How can people sign up to volunteer? They can go to our website. That's the best way. There's a clean path um, to, to sign up to be a volunteer, and that's UGM Portland. It's all one, you know, the letters UGM, like Union Gospel Mission, portland.org. It's not a .com. It's a .org. And if you go there, get involved there is there or you can you'll probably see a banner with operation overcoat that gives you the opportunity to either donate to it which we need donations or donate your time to it by getting involved as a volunteer if someone wants to volunteer what kind of uh, work will they be doing during operation overcoat boy there's so many good things to do you can be helping with the barbecue you could be running a snow cone machine or or popcorn or you could be over helping uh disperse uh um pants, help people find the pants that work for them and, and take a coupon for that or, or boots. I mean, there, there are numerous jobs. People help us set, set up, um, and people help us tear down. And, you know, I mean, it's, it, we, we open this thing up, uh, we block off the street at about five thirty in the morning and we shut it down about three thirty in the afternoon, but the actual hours of operation, are from from 10 to one and then it winds down to two and and then we tear down so we're um we're really excited about it we we also uh people can get involved we have a big collection day on september 21st out at progress red ridge in beaverton uh at the amc theaters there where we uh collect clothes so if you're out on the west side um Amy from the Wolf will be out there, and and that's that's a great involvement. Uh, that's always a positive day. We load up a big truck full of clothing donations. But coming down here, boy, th- there are a million things to do, from pouring coffee to just helping people get in and get what they need. And this is probably a good time of year for people who are able to help out to go out and do some shopping because there's lots of great sales with back to school stuff going on. <laughs> you can load up yeah. on all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, we still, at the tail end of the year, we can still use bottled water, although we don't use bottled water inside. We, you know, we use reusable jugs. We don't like to generate a lot of plastic. But, out, you know, for the homeless, that, that really does help. But there, there's just so many ways that people can go out and, and, and buy or participate uh, or even, you know, gently used items work too. So um, people, and one thing I've, I've, I've seen, Gary, is people are very appreciative. I've, over the years, you know, since 2000, this will be our 20th one, it's just unbelievable how people respond to genuine care and genuine generosity with gratitude. 
And obviously there are going to be some people in the, in the crowd who are overwhelmed by the size of it and may not express it right. But it's been a safe event. And it's really been a positive event over the years. That's really fantastic to hear that. How important is this event to people who are seeking help? Well, I think th- there are several levels of it. Um, one is people need connection. And so to be able to come in and to connect with people who care about them is, is really important to them. And I, I mean, I have the advantage having been here 30 years to see the number of people who come back every year. And this is kind of an anchor point time for them. They really do count on it because everything in their life is pushing toward the edge of sustaining. There are some people that come to this who are at the lower end of housing. They're not truly homeless, but they're right on the edge. They need this help and they need this connection. And then some people, I I remember seeing a woman named Christy back in Montana She came in one time and she looked so gaunt and unhealthy. We were able to have a woman's worker talk her into our women's program and and literally save her life. And she's done well. She stayed in program. She went through transition. She went back to her, her home area and she's really thriving there. But I point to this day as kind of something that will draw someone in right at a time where they're vulnerable and really bring them the help they need. So, I mean, you can go from that kind of a high point, numerous people we've connected with at this event, to just handing someone a cup of water and, and showing that level of care that keeps, gives them hope. Hope is precious on the streets. And, you know, there are so many areas in our city, you know, maybe recent with the demonstrations or the acrimony that can be in the world, that can make people feel hopeless. And I'm really happy that we are part of a group of people who offer hope. And we're not ashamed about it. There is reason to be optimistic about the future if you will take the right steps and do your best. And so I think when the community does its best, it it emboldens people who are struggling to do their best. Yeah, it's kind of uh, hope is is contagious. It is. That's a good thing. It's fragile and it's contagious. It 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 can run hot or cold. But we want it to run in a good way. We want it to be very positive down here. And, and again, Gary, this has been positive since we, our first event in 2000. And uh, so, again, you know, we've seen 20 of these work. We want this 21st to work well. And uh, Operation Overcoat is coming up on Saturday, September 28th. Tell me about where it is again in, in Old Town. Yeah, it's, it's right. It, it, the, the street's blocked off at the corner of 3rd and Burnside. Most people know, you know, you come over east of the, uh, on the Burnside Bridge or you're coming west down Burnside, just short of the Burnside Bridge. There it is at 3rd and Burnside. And just north of 3rd, the street's going to be blocked. The stage is going to be set up, a large picnic area, a huge grill that comes in every year to barbecue 1,500, 2,000 hamburgers and hot dogs. That's all set up. And then around on Cooch, between Northwest 3rd and Northwest 4th, Cooch Street will be blocked off with the the boot giveaway area and the clothing distribution area. Again, very positive. We have counselors um, down here. We have referrals to all kinds of help down here. Again, huge positive event. How many new faces do you see each year at, at Operation Overcoat? You know, it's, it's interesting. As I mentioned before, there is there are more people this time of the year in town that, that come into town because the weather's favorable and, and it's a little warm in the southwest. So we can sometimes connect to new people. I'd say, you know, a, 
I, I, my feeling is about half the people we see are pretty new. They're either new to homelessness, they're being pushed down by the economic gap, and, and they're actually reaching out for the first time. And so they're happy to get help where people aren't shaming them or, or aren't being stingy. It's a festive, fun environment. But the other half of the people are kind of new and, you know, what's going on here and, and who does this? And really, I point to the community, everybody do it. And I point, it, point up, this is the love of God expressed on the planet. So, you know, I, I think that we can do something like this because a lot of people give us clothing to do it. A lot of food vendors help us out. A lot of generous donors make it happen from permitting to the electricity we spend on it. And the volunteers are there making it happen. I think what, what a great city to be in. We have such a good hearted, generous community. And, you know, that's that's a challenge when things seem to wax and wane and the homeless problem doesn't seem to be turning quickly. And yet I'm so proud of Portland for consistently showing up and doing the right thing. Yeah, we live in a pretty awesome area. Yeah, we do. It's a very generous uh, area. And, and I think we got more going for it than than is against us. And we can work on the things that plague us. You said a little bit earlier that a lot of the homeless population is in southeast Portland, and you're downtown. So how do you yeah, the, how, how do you get well, in touch with those people and let them know about your events? Again, we have about four thousand homeless people, and and an increased number are unsheltered. We still have twenty two percent of the population downtown. That that just run the numbers. That pretty much fills up uh, the event or, or puts a lot of people here. Yeah. But again, because we're reaching out throughout Southeast Portland or Buckman or up in the Northeast or up by Jansen Beach or down by Omsi, all those people are going to come. They're going to, they know the value of being here. And so uh, people from all over come both to help and to receive what they need. And so it's a good meeting point, kind of a regional anchor point meeting. And so, we could, we've thought about reciting it. I know we've worked with Compassion Connect and done collaborative events at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum and out through the neighborhoods, and, and they're great collaborators. But there's something about the, the training or the t- tradition that on the last Saturday of the month, we're going to assemble down here and it's going to be a great event that keeps people coming. Do you see people that you've helped out in the past come back and help you out and help out other people? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, our f- food service director who will produce a fabulous barbecue lunch came in off the street in the early 90s. And a number of people who come to help are people who've been helped. So you want that cycle to continue. And then, um, you know, it's, sometimes it's discouraging if we've seen a person come through programming or we got to know them 10 years ago and they're back in the ditch. But that's, that's part of the reality of working with a population that includes those who are pretty brittly addicted, maybe to opiates or to methamphetamine. And so we want to be welcoming and offer them hope to come back in, get back on the horse and, and start uh, their recovery again that day. And we have room to take people in. We always have room to take people in that day if they're men and we'll get them to a safe place if they're women with kids. We have just a little bit of time left, Bill, but I want you to tell our audience again how how they can help out with Operation Overcoat and, and the dates and everything they need to know. Okay. Again, it's, it is going to be on the last Saturday of the month of September this year. And so, um, 
that's how I always remember it. The numbers, you know, that typically runs anywhere from the 26th to the 30th. But I always remember the last Saturday of September. That's that's when we're doing it. Uh, we do, the the doors will be open from 10 to 2, and uh, we will um, be here at Third and Burnside. The best way to find out any information, the best way to give, the best way to give your time, best way to help out is to go to our website ugmportland.org that's the best way and every type of involvement is there and it's kind of a featured part of our website so you could see operation overcoat front and center and i just say do what you can do you know uh, none of us can do everything but all of us can do something so do what you can do and we will greatly appreciate it and you said the 21st operation overcoat yeah, it is. Well, we started it in 2000. Okay. So from 2000 to 2009, we did 10 of them. And then this is going to be the, the 20th. Oh, so it's amazing. I mean, wait a second. Yeah, this is the 20th. I, I might have said 21st. but <laughs> Apparently math is not our time. strong suit, Bill. <laughs> no, it's not mine. But anyway, I know it's on September 28th. And I think it's the 20th one. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for reminding me of how <laughs> bad I am at math. But no, this is the 20th one. It's going to be a great event. Thank you so much, Bill. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Gary. Metroscope is an Intercom Radio Portland public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. If you're involved with a nonprofit or public affairs organization, or if you have an idea for an upcoming show, I'd like to hear from you. Visit MetroscopePDX.com and submit your ideas. You can also go to this station's website and submit your information there. Thanks for listening to Metroscope and enjoy the rest of your weekend.